It's showtime. Is old Kenny here with you for a brand new episode of the Kenny Ho Show. How are you? I hope all is well. So here we are, the final. I'm hesitating for a second. I'm like, am I really gonna get this thing out by the end of 2020? I think I have two or three days before 2021. So I'm just gonna go out on a limb and say it: the final episode of the year 2020. And I don't want to be a bandwagoner. I've never been one to bandwagon anything. But 2020 has been a rough year now, hasn't it? And I'm not necessarily just talking about the pandemic because it was sucking ass. Like, 2019 was not better. I mean, okay, better for everybody else in the world. But for me, it wasn't better. The past two years have been not so good. I've been very, very unhappy at my job. And this year, honestly... I was ready to quit. I was ready to leave. Every job, there's people you're not going to like. Things aren't always going to go your way. But the one thing a job needs to do is provide. A job needs to give you ample, or at least in, in nowadays, not so much ample, but just a sufficient amount of money to at least get by. If not, God forbid, live comfortably, right? And this job... These douchebag managers were so focused, and I guess will still be focused when uh, I go back, if I go back, uh, eventually, on their bonuses. The more money they make, the bigger their bonuses, and instead of focusing on how can we drive up revenue and therefore profit, they're like, no, let's just cut our employees' uh, wages, cut their hours, breathe down their neck, get them out of the building as fast as possible, make money by not spending money. Now, I'm not very educated in the world of economics, but I'm pretty sure that's a completely backwards and stupid, asinine way to do things. I believe the way to stimulate any economy is to spend money. And I'm not saying no changes needed to happen there and no cuts needed to be made because let's call a spade a spade. I know it's 2020. I'm not allowed to say shit like this, but there were a bunch of lazy black guys. Those guys set black people back about 50 years because what are the stereotypes of black people? They're lazy. They're thieves. The list goes on and on, but I don't need to get way the hell more offensive in order to prove my point. But these guys... They were definitely stealing from the company. And it's because of these guys, it gave management some leeway, some merit to their actions in making cuts. But regardless, there are dudes like me who have zero interest to steal time. Sure, I'm poor and stuff, but I didn't really like it there. So I'm there to make my money stay as long as I need to be there and then get the hell out of there. Believe me, 
I had no qualms with getting the hell out of there when the job was done. But these guys made it so the job couldn't be done. Like, this is the amount of time you need to get the job done. I'm like, uh, when's the last time you guys even did this job? When's the last time you douchebags, out-of-touch managers even did this job that I do? How the hell do you know how long I need? It was thing after thing. And the year started with them passing on me for a promotion. They didn't even talk to me. I had had a conversation with them in the past. I'm like, listen, next time you guys are promoting somebody or hiring for a supervisor position, let me know. Groom me. To take over that job. I've been here forever. Like, nobody knows this place better than me. I'd be great for it. And they're, yeah, of course, Kenny. Absolutely. When that happens, you're the first to know. Not only was I not the first to know, it was quite the opposite. I was the last to know. I didn't know they had hired somebody, let alone that there was a job, until it was all said and done. I found out when I met the new supervisor. I'm like, oh, wait, what? You're the what now? But you know what, tell you the truth? Hey, the good Lord works in mysterious ways. Things happen for everything happens for a reason. I wouldn't want to be a supervisor at this point. Not with all their new bullshit policies. Because I'd have to enforce a bunch of BS I don't believe in. It's like being a defense lawyer and representing some scumbag that you know did it. Did some heinous shit, but it is your job to try to get them off the hook. Because you enjoy your lavish lifestyle. You know, you just got a million dollar renovation on your five million dollar Forest Hill house. And your wife just got herself a new set of nice honkers. And your girlfriend needs to get some new braces. I gotta win this case. I got a reputation to keep up. And nobody's gonna miss this guy's family, right? Right? So to tell you the truth, I was cheering. I was legit on my feet, like out of my seat, jumping up in the air when I found out the coronavirus was putting my job out of commission. I mean, I guess it's a win some, lose some situation. I won by not having to go there anymore, but I lost because that really messed up my finances. Early on with all that EI stuff, And the CERB and me being like, do I qualify for that? I don't want to apply for this and have Big Brother come after me. So for me, 2020 was already bad before the pandemic. And to tell you the truth, the pandemic kind of made it better. Honestly, outside of going to my pesky day job, my life is exactly the same. I never had a social life before. I was always at home. And I feel like I've gotten closer to my family. I understand them better. I think uh, we've certainly spent more time together. So it all hasn't been bad. So I can bandwagon on 2020 not being an amazing year. But I sure as hell can't bandwagon on all these people who are posting memes about sprinting onto 2021. How the hell do you know that 2021 is going to be better? What if it's not? What if it's worse? You'd be looking like a damn fool if your predictions about 2021 are way the hell off. Because as far as I can tell, right on cue, I'm I'm pausing for a moment, but I'm like, no, let let me record with those police sirens blaring in the background. Why not? Because 2020 
has messed things up so badly. 2021 almost doesn't stand a chance. Like people have lost jobs, lost homes. People who used to own homes and rented it out to people now have lost those properties because people refuse to leave. They've become squatters and now legally nobody's going to do anything about it. So financially, mentally, emotionally, people are going to be really messed up. So I believe you're going to hear a lot more of those sirens in the future because people got to do all kinds of crazy shit moving forward. All types of crimes are going to be committed moving forward, whether it's you know, regular old stealing and thieving, that type of shit, or straight up some kind of violent crime to try to get even with somebody. I heard briefly this morning, one of these bigwigs who work for the government of Canada, they're like, yeah, by the end of March, we'll be sitting pretty because we will have one million Canadians vaccinated by that point. I'm like, one million people? What do you mean we're going to be sitting pretty? The last time I checked, there's close to 40 million people in Canada. That's not even 10% of your population by March. We're not even into January yet. That's three months away. And if you do the math, let's say there's like 40 million people in Canada. And let's say even if 15 million people either don't need the vaccination or elect not to take it for whatever reason... You're still looking at 25 million people that you need to vaccinate. And in three months, you can only knock out 1 million? Do the guys who work with me also work for the government of Canada? Are they the ones who are giving out the vaccinations? Because a million people in three months, like that rate, at that rate, let's say, you know, they've managed to produce way more vaccines and stuff. Uh, later on let's say you even double up the next month the next three months you'll get two million people vaccinated i mean my math ain't great but i feel like you're well into 2022 before everybody gets vaccinated and that's only the beginning getting everybody vaccinated is the first step to healing to getting your economy back together starting to rebuild But what the hell is going to be left? Like, I would be surprised if in six months, like, if 75% of all restaurants in the country didn't close up shop. I have no doubt strip clubs will be fine, because even if the current ones close down, just go to the auction and pick up your own lease and start again. So long as there are hoes who are willing to take their clothes off and dance on a man's lap, You don't need to worry about building a successful business. Those almost build themselves. Even in this pandemic, people can't help themselves but to go to the strip clubs. But restaurants where, sure, there are just sometimes uh, attractive women who will bring you your food and pretend like they like you. But if you grab their ass, you're really taking a chance. Some of them might go along with it in hopes of getting a bigger tip. Others, you know, non-dumb ones, might just slap you upside your head and call the police. So now that I think about it, I don't even give a shit if those restaurants all closed down. I hear they serve some sweet chicken wings down at the local Boom Boom Club. I'll just go there for dinner. 
two birds with one stone. But that's actually pretty gross now that I think about it, right? Like, ugh, who goes to a strip club to eat? I don't trust what the waitress has touched. I don't trust what the cooks have touched. I don't even trust what I've touched. And yes, initially I meant like the table and stuff, but also the stripper. Now, I thought about doing a year in review type of show. You know, how you watch, uh, let's say, like a sports uh, channel. They'll show all the clips, the best highlights from the year. I thought about doing that this year. I've thought about it in the past, and I thought about doing it again this year. But then I realized why those channels do that and uh, why someone like me wouldn't do that. And that's because... I don't have a lackey to pawn that off on. Those shows exclusively happen because the on-air talent is taking the week off. They're, well, not so much this year, but usually they're hanging out in Barbados, in Cuba, somewhere warm, while the lackeys, who are not making six figures, still need to show up for their jobs. They ain't getting paid to do nothing. Call it busy work, call it whatever you want. But the grunts, they're combing through, oh, I don't know, hundreds of hours, if not thousands of hours of usable footage and compiling it so that everyone who's not them, who's actually lucky enough to be home to take in some television, have something to watch. And even though... I don't have hundreds of hours of the Kenny Ho show in the past year to comb through. Because if we're talking about 20 to 30 minutes an episode, we're talking hours of footage. I did a lot of episodes this year, but I don't think I cracked the century mark. But it'd still be a lot. Even if it's like 75 hours, that's a lot. I do this for free. Nay, I pay to do this. The Kenny Ho show cost me money to do. There is no way in hell I'm putting myself through that, listening to 75 plus hours of material so that I could almost basically universally get ignored. I beat myself up a lot about wasting time, wasting my life, wasting the gifts that my father has given me, and my mother, I guess, to a lesser extent. Oh, but I'd much rather play 2K or... Some random video game that means nothing and will do nothing for my life over doing a year-end review show. If I ever do a year-end review show, you know something's wrong. Or something went very, very right. Like, I finally got to sell out. That I'm making like thousands upon thousands of dollars in ad money. If I ever get a Patreon, basically. If I have like a good Patreon channel where... Where I would have like, I don't know, like a thousand subscribers all paying at least $5 a month. Alright, at that point I would definitely hire a lackey. Or at least I'd force myself to do it and be like, hey, this is your job now. Like literally, not what you've been telling people. This is my gig now. Maybe that's why my brother doesn't think I have a job. Because I've talked to him a few times uh, over the past uh, couple weeks and... He's brought it up a few times, like what he's been saying to me, I feel like he doesn't think I work. Now, not currently, because currently I don't work. Thank you, COVID-19. But I think, in general, he doesn't think I have a job. What the hell do you think I do when I leave the house? Do I look like I'm going on a hot date? 
Do I ever look like I'm going out on a hot date? Do I look like someone who's ever been out on a hot date? Like he has seen me leave this house miserable, right? Dragging my heels, long face, looking at Amazon to see how much rope costs. It's probably because he's successful. Like in comparison to what he does for a living, I don't work. Like if you're used to driving a sweet ass Lamborghini and then you're away on business and the rental place is like, hey, why don't you drive this Mazda? You just look at the guy and you're like, I came to rent a car. Not become a peasant in this peasant mobile. All right, that's it. That's episode, I believe, 289 of the Kenny Ho Show. Getting close to 300. 11 episodes out right now. I'm not sure if that's 11 weeks away or like 2-3 weeks away. It depends on how much shit I get done. So I guess that just realistically means how many video games I'm going to be playing over the next few weeks. And let's just say, if it turns out to be a lot, I wouldn't be surprised. Alright, until next time, you take care of yourself and prep and brace yourself for what is at least a 20% chance of some kind of apocalypse. Man-made or otherwise. Toodles!